Thank you for tuning in to a couple of Kimer's podcasts. I am your co-host, Francesca. People call me Frankie. And I'm your co-host, Christopher. People call me Chris. And per the usual, we will start today's episode off with Attitude Attitude of of gratitude. Gratitude. And I'll start. I am grateful for... The support we've been getting recently with our podcast. Yes. Uh, we've been getting feedback, and, you know, it's just always really appreciated. And it lets us know that people are actually listening. So that's really good. Um, you know, we started this off just to something we've just talked about in the past and considered not doing for various reasons, but was just like, hey, it kind of fell into our lap to start it. And here we are. So it's good to know that there are listening ears. So that's what I'm grateful for today. What about you? Well, I'm grateful for rest and relaxation again. Been another. Like, didn't you say that last time? Yeah, but it's been another long week, so I'm grateful for that again. But also, I would say I'm grateful for just having a support system with our family and friends and knowing that um, they have our backs and we have theirs and just grateful for those relationships and maintaining them and allowing them to continue to grow deeper and stronger. So I'm grateful for those things. Yeah, and I will add that I do have a surgery coming up And we do record these in advance, so actually when you hear this, I might have already, I should actually have already had the surgery, so we're going to try to stay on top of things, but if we don't, you know why. We'll start our topic for today, which, if you haven't already saw the title, it is Being Overqualified in America. And it's something that we both have struggled with. And I'm sure many, many people, especially millennials, have dealt with. Um, Because I feel like it's been a thing, obviously. It's not a new thing. But I think for our generation, it is more abundant than the past. In the past. Would you say that or no? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's it's definitely been an issue I've noticed uh, personally with you. And I would say a lot of ways, maybe even within our generation, maybe even, well, I don't know about Generation X, but I know for us it's definitely been an issue of being overqualified. Mm -hmm. And I think like way more probably millennials have gotten their degrees in their 20s than probably a lot of, you know, versus Generation X and and the boomers. I think a bigger percentage of us have gotten the degrees in our 20s, especially math. Now it's like you just, it's just super competitive with the degrees, you know, and especially around here in Detroit and Metro Detroit area, um, and I'm sure this is in other areas as well, but we're just speaking from where we're from. 
you know, there's a lot of jobs that have popped up in the last five, ten years um, that they hire um, a lot of people for a low wage. And so when you hear, oh, there's jobs, there's jobs, there's no shortage of jobs, or the shortage of jobs is, is getting lower, you know, there's way so many jobs out there now versus, you know, because you guys were complaining before, but now there's jobs we're running into is, you know, those jobs don't want us because we are overqualified. And it's not like a, ooh, I'm smart, I'm educated. Right. It's not a flex. It's actually uh uh, cause it a struggle, <laughs> so to speak, you know, I mean, I don't know how else to phrase it, it's like, it's like the world is saying, oh, there's jobs out there, but I'm like, mm, those jobs don't want me because I'm overqualified, and some of them I'd be willing to do, it's not like, oh, that work, I'm like just so, so much better than that, no, but they don't want me because they feel like what literally had, me and Chris, had this experience where passed our resume along and specifically for Chris's resume, the boss, because it was, you know, a referral. So the boss said, why does he want this job? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Sometimes people just need to eat. Like I need to do a job to pay my bills. Yes. Career and living in your passion is always goals. Right. But Sometimes you just have to do what you got to do to pay the bills. And for you to question why someone wants a position because they're educated beyond what maybe your average employee is educated or possibly more educated than you. Is it an intimidation thing? Like just this overqualified word, I feel like it makes sense when you say it, but when you really think about it, it literally is ridiculous. It is because I remember apply, applying for a job and I, I actually got a, I don't know if I interviewed for it at this point, you know, it's water on the bridge, but from what I can remember, I don't even know if I interviewed for it, but I do remember getting a call back about it. And I remember them saying that, you know, they're moving on with other candidates and, yeah, at this time, I'm thinking, like, well, you know, I need a job to help provide for me and my family, of course. And it wasn't like, oh, buku money, but I think it was decent enough money to where, you know, it could pay the bills. And one of the qualifications was um, having a bachelor's in psychology. Well, obviously, I have a bachelor's and a master's in psychology. So, you know, my thing was... And I know there's other factors involved. I'm, I'm definitely aware of that and not saying that, oh, well, what makes you better than other people? Like, no, it's not that. But I think based on what their qualifications were, I think I really aligned with that. But what they told me was that I was overqualified. Not giving me the stereotypical line of, oh, well, we just found other candidates that better suited the position or, you know, we moved forward. Whatever. It wasn't even that. It was, 
we just believe you're overqualified. And I was actually kind of offended because my thing is, well, wait a minute. This position is for someone with my exact background. I just happen to have a degree higher than what you are considering as your qualification. So why wouldn't I be a good fit? Now, like I said, if you have only one position, you saw someone that was better, okay, I can accept that. But to simply say we didn't choose you because you were overqualified, even though I met the qualifications, and then had the nerve to say, well, doesn't doesn't that feel good to hear? No, that doesn't feel good to hear. So, yeah, it... It definitely made me think deeper about this idea of being overqualified, especially now we're in a time where we're still dealing with COVID and this crisis and people are losing their jobs and getting on unemployment. And you hear people love to say, well, I don't know why people need to be on unemployment or still collecting unemployment because there's so many jobs. There's so many job hirings. Yeah, but the problem with that is a lot of place, a lot of employers do not want to hire people, not because the person doesn't want the job, not that they don't want to do everything they can to to support themselves and provide for their families, or that they're too good for, is that they don't want to do it because they're considered overqualified. I'd be interested on the stats of how many people that collect. Mm, I was gonna say welfare. But unemployment too, but mm, that's unfair right now because because of COVID. But um, so we'll just go with welfare that have degrees. I'd be really interested in those those facts. Me too. Those stats because I think it'd be more than you think. I'm not trying to say it overpowers people who you know may may not have had the opportunity or just don't have the education. Um, I'm not sure. I, does it outweigh? I, I don't know. I mean, I'd guess probably not, but I I think it'd be a substantial chunk of people. Don't you think? I don't know. I'd just be interested to see. I'd be curious, too, but I, I, I tend to think that there are many people who are on welfare, collecting unemployment, that are educated and who have degrees. You don't really hear about it. The only narrative you tend to hear about the news is that okay, you know, people having issues with finding jobs, and then people will say, well, how can that be? So-and-so is hiring. Oh, that's not true. That This people, people this place is hiring. And it's like, but just because they're hiring doesn't mean you automatically can walk in there and get a job. Like, you know, as we talked about with our parents' generation, baby boomers, you know, it used to be back in the day, yeah, they could drop out of high school, go work at Ford, and be set for life. But those days are coming gone. It doesn't oh, work. long gone. It doesn't work like that anymore. And just because a place, again, also is hiring doesn't mean that they're going to pay you decently or feel as though, oh, well, you know what? You need a job. Hey, I understand. You know what? Let's get you on board. Let's help you out. You know what? In theory, that would be perfect. In the perfect world, too. That would be excellent, but it doesn't work like that. It mm-hmm. really does not work like that. Mm-hmm. I've often been told, you know, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, um, that, you know, it's more about who you know versus what you know. 
I tend to extend it and say it's about who you know that's willing to help you because you can know as many people as you want to in life, but if your network is not such that these people are really going to, you know, work with you and you demonstrate your credibility as well as your skill set, it won't really matter. Um, but I Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, it's always been who you know, not what you know, but I definitely think that you see it a lot. I don't say more because I hate comparing because I don't have like actual stats in front of me, but I just feel like I see it a lot versus, you know, just on paper, people who on paper are not as qualified getting positions that it may seem that they don't deserve. Yeah. No, I, I've definitely seen it too, and it's just baffling to me. But that goes to show you in regard to politics and, again, who you know. I mean, I've learned, yeah, I've had to learn the hard way, and I've had some of my relatives tell me the truth is, yeah, it's about who you know. But like I said, I take it further and say it's about who you know that's willing to help you because, again, you can just know so many people, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that they're going to work with you and help you out. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the people who love to say, well, I see all these job openings. I see all these job openings, so how come nobody can just go get a job? Well, I think that also is in connection with this idea of, you know, when you go to school, they tell you the more education you get, um, the more money you make, but what they don't tell you is that you have to, you know, know somebody to help get you into that job to make that kind of money. And not only that, but what about the idea of, you know, okay, you go try to apply for a job, you get an interview, but they deny you, and they love to say, well, you just don't have enough experience, but I need the job in order to get the experience. Mm. So how do I have the experience when you don't give me the job? It's it's backwards. And I think, like when I sit here and think about it, once again, always comparing the generations, being raised by boomers, it's like I feel like they came from a place of like hard work gets you money. It's like they were raised to like work hard no matter what. And I feel like they raised obviously in a general sense, not every single household, but I feel like they raised a generation of work hard with your mind, go to school, get your education, all that, and you will be set. You're good. You could do, actually, not only can you do a lot of things, you could do whatever you want. Go to school, study something specific, and you'll be able to do what you want. Go to college. So I feel like a lot of us, lacked that full experience, like you were saying, of having experience. I mean, maybe you worked at McDonald's or like a Boys and Girls Club or like something small like that, which I'm not downing, but in, you know, the corporate world, they're really not going to honor those things. Um, Yeah, and then you go to school and you, some people work and go to school, so you might be getting that experience as well. Um, But you're, you're behind. Once you graduate, you're a bit behind 
like you said, on experience. And then they don't want to hire you because you don't have experience, but you have the degree. But that is not what we were fed. We were fed, you know, of course, work because you need money. You go to work because you need money. But you go to school so you can do what you want to do instead of just working just to make the money, which is a lie. Millennials, we bought into the lie. And now we're in our 30s picking up the pieces. And that's just how I feel. That's been my experience, hands down. And, you know, I've taken jobs that, you know, I really feel like have not, I know, don't pay me my worth. And they act like they can't. You know, and you you rebuttal and you request higher. And it's like, you know, at what point for me, I got to a point where it's like, OK, like I'm playing hardball because I mean, they're playing hardball. So I'm going to retreat like you're not going to pay me what I'm worth. Bye. But how long can you say bye or no? Thank you. I mean, you got to eat. So then you take the best, the best of the worst. That's just been my experience. Yeah. And I've been very, very fortunate with the jobs that I've had because I've had, I can count on one hand the number of jobs that I've had that I've gotten through someone versus where I just was very, very fortunate, applied, and got it. Mm-hmm. I I can count on one hand with. That's nice. Must be nice. But I was I f- I feel like I really rolled the dice. I really, just, I feel like I I hit the lottery. That's really sad to say, but that's the only thing I can compare it to. But you have gone on interviews where you didn't get it, and you were definitely qualified, like you said. But yeah, the ones you've landed have definitely paid you your worth. I would say thus far or close to you're not yeah. really selling yourself out yeah and I'm grateful for it it's been able to um, pay bills not my pay. experience I've gone to so many and maybe it's me sometimes you know I do reflect back and I'm like girl maybe it's you because but I've talked to other people and a lot of people share the experience but maybe it's us <laughs> I don't know I think about that, too. And, you know, it's funny how in high school I know, and I got this, yeah, I got this in high school. They used to teach us about interviewing skills, which are, I think, are important, you know, but I think when when you tie it to knowing people in order to get a job and a decently, a a decent paying job, I mean, you still need those skills, but then I wonder to what extent are they as valuable when in reality is you're going through this quote-unquote traditional process of completing an application, submitting it. If you get a call back, then you make sure you have your interview clothes ready, a suit, whatever, um, and then you go be on time you have your resumes together, you have your questions all, you know, you go through this whole process. And then after you go through all of that, you answer their questions, you maintain eye contact, you do all these things that they they teach you in high school or wherever you learned um, interview skills and you keep working on them. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. 
I did all of that and still didn't work out. Yeah. And as I got older, it's like, well, now it's a little different. Now with interviews, like the interview skills system is like updated like it's a computer. And that's not saying that it's bad or anything like that. But it's like, okay, how much of this is really the case or is this just part of the game? Like, I'm just wondering, like, is this all legit or is this just a part of this continuous cycle of you have to do this in order to, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a bunch of hoops. Like you said, it's like hitting the lottery sometimes. Like, put your numbers out there. If they get chose, you good. If you if they not chose, you lost. You lost. Yeah, and then so many people who are the ones who tend to have jobs are the ones who love to say things like, well, I have a job. How come you just don't have one? Oh, well, getting a job was like picking an apple off a tree. You think, how many people do you know would actually just go and get a job. I think there would be a lot of people. I mean, I wouldn't say majority or all, but I think there would be a lot of people if they could just easily get a job just so they can support themselves and get out of the hardship or situation that they're in. I think a lot would and do what they need to do. Especially do what they need to do until they get something that's better. And I'm definitely to that point and call it what you may, but this is just the honest. I'm feeling real honest today. My honest gut, my honest attitude is I got my master's. And not to say I'm done learning, no. But I don't want to do anything that costs money for me to qualify. I have put in several years and several tens of thousands of dollars to be qualified. So, no, I, I'm not interested in getting another certificate that cost me. No, I'm not interested in taking any courses that I have to pay for anymore. I'm done. I'm done paying for education unless it's just like this blazing passion in my soul to just do it. I'm not. I'm not. Because, you know, I thought about getting, you know, a TESOL certificate and, and, and different, you know, teaching English to speakers of other languages. You gave me that look like, what's TESOL? <laughs> like well, an ESL. Oh, okay. Much. I'm about to say, like, I don't know who he is. But. TESOL. Because, you know, when people say ESL, just a little caveat here, ESL is kind of incorrect because it's, ESL means English second language. That's implying that English is your second language. Lots of people don't know English, but they know more than two languages. So yeah. TESOL is teaching English to speakers of other languages, meaning they just don't speak English. So anyway, um, thought about that before, but I'm not paying for it, you know? And so um, if you don't see me qualified, I mean, I know I, I had a conversation with my mom too. It's like sometimes the degree just means that I'm able to learn and complete. So if my two degrees don't show enough that I'm able to learn and complete something, I don't know. I don't know what else. I'm not jumping through no more hoops and I'm not paying no more money. 
Now, if you want to take me on and you've got a different set of skills that you think I lack and you want to pay for me to take those courses or do an on-site training, I'm down. But I'm not paying for nothing else. I'm just not. I'm already paying for what I pay for. I'm not. Not interested. And I think that comes with being overqualified but underexperienced. I feel yeah. like that's how they see you. You're overqualified but underexperienced. So that's another reason why I think, too, I thought about getting PhD before I've gone back and forth. But I'm like, no, because I probably want to just focus my life on my PhD and then I won't be gaining experience. And then what? I'm back in the same boat. Three degrees, no experience or lacking experience. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just speaking personally here, but I've spoken to so many people who share this sentiment. It's hard because, you know, with our education system, especially in higher ed, it's, we still have this idealism regarding college. And not to say that it's a bad thing at all. I mean, I still have it in some, to in some ways but I also fully know and understand not only based on my experience, but as I was going through it is that at the end of the day, you are still going to make your decision. And when I say you, I mean like the jobs, they're still going to make their decision regardless of education, even though they still love to feed this idea to us that again, more education you get, the better off you'll be or the more money you can make. I remember when my mom was telling me that when her and my aunt were growing up that their whole thing that their parents or my grandparents taught them was that you get your education, you get your career so you don't have to depend on anybody else. The the only problem with that is, you, you know, it was a different time and a different generation. And I feel like with us, we don't have those same opportunities as the older generations. But also, like, it's deeper than just having a degree. It's, it's just deeper than that. So to me... Is like I say, it's deeper than just having the education. It's about it just seemed like experience and who you know, but most importantly, um, who you know, because from what I've witnessed and what I've heard, that's that's what it just sounds like to me. Is the bottom line. But also, here's another thing too: with higher education, it was significantly less significantly less expensive in our parents' day than it is for our generation. Yes. That's another thing that is also a burden and frustrating and annoying and irritating. All these terms you can apply it to. Because when my mom and mine came out of college, their debt didn't even equate to our debt. But they were able to get decent jobs to pay it off to pay it off and they've been successful doing their thing ever since and I'm 
so grateful for that. However, in our generation, it's not like that. But that's where I get snobby personally when it comes to pay. Not just, oh, I want to be paid all this money. Yes, that's nice. But it's like, I have all this money to pay. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, and because of education, which was supposed to lead me to a job, like, this was supposed to be a direct flow situation, but the flow has stopped. And so now that you want me to work for, let's be honest, 12, 13, 14 dollars an hour, I cannot. Why? Because this minute I get a job, student loans going to be knocking on my door, and I'm going to have to pay them. And if you're paying me $12 an hour, they're going to be taking all my money. Like, I'm not interested. So to give everyone an example who may not know and may not understand the differences in the cost of college education between the different generations, my mom told me, Years ago, when she went, when she was in school, her tuition in college was five hundred dollars a year. I spend that in certain books, maybe right. even one That's book. Books, if that. That's books, maybe two. Right. So put that in perspective. Yeah, we could say it's a totally different time, but college should not be astronomically high the way it is. Versus how it was back then. I actually had a professor when I was an undergrad tell us hers was $300 a year. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. I mean, but that, again. I think when I went to MSU, it was like 10, 11K a semester. It was basically like 20 a year. Right. I'm sure it's only gone up. I can only imagine what it is now. Ridiculous. Because I graduated at 11, so that was literally a decade ago. Yeah, I think my tuition was 8000 semester. It's crazy. The inflation is ridiculous. Exactly. So I say that as an example to say that, you know, a lot of that affects the way us millennials view not only with our education and things like that, but when it comes to these having jobs. Like, when you got all this amount of debt and you're trying to either pay it off or find ways to pay it off slash live on your own and pay bills and have a car and all these things, all these expenses, it's kind of hard to just be super excited and geeked up about a 12 or $13 an hour job. For sure. Because you're going to be focused on paying everything, including the student loans. And I see a lot around here. I'm not going to name any specific companies, but I just see a lot of, like, jobs that they will pay decently, but you really are, like, working around the clock, and you're pretty much their little puppet. And that's just not for me. Like, I'm not. I'm not. And we're really big on mental health and stuff, and that type of work environment is definitely brewing environment for poor mental health. Um, and, you know, these places that advertise, we got Slurpee machines, we got a putt-putt golf course, we got all that, we got a gym, we got we got a restaurant. I'm like, so that I can never go home? Like, you want to provide everything but my family for me so that I'll feel comfortable staying and working around the clock. And then almost pressured, 
I'm not interested. I don't think that's healthy on the outside, like without thinking about the consequences. It sounds great. Like, dang, that workplace got games. It's got this. It's got that. Like, cool, but this is work. This isn't play. And I think that that really came about in in our generation, like millennials. Like, that's how they, like, entice millennials. Like, millennials want coffee. Millennials want, you know, games and they want fun. So, like, they try to, like, frame it that way. But yet, they just fool in the foolish because it's really just a mechanism to make you stay all the time. Yeah. By giving you a little bit of comfort or a little bit of um, incentive and make you think that it's not as bad as it is. And I'm just, I've seen it with two major companies that I can think of right now. And no, and I'm not trying to say it's not good for anyone. That's just not good for me. And it seems like a lot of the people that I know or have heard of or, you know, these accounts are people who, um, sorry, Reese is barking and is driving me nuts. It's distracting me. But, um, you know, people who like they're trying to get out of a situation that they're already in because they're like pretty much drowning in their current situation. So I hate to use the word desperate, but it's like a little bit of desperate desperation or desperate for a change, desperate for a dollar or something. And, you know, this might be better than what they've ever experienced for whatever reason, but I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't see it as great. And um, for me, and I think it can be damaging for many. But, um, yeah, I think that comes a lot along with, and I think a lot of those places use the overqualified stamp because they know that you're not as easily fooled. Your motive is so different than that mindset. And I, and I don't want to do, like, a greater than, lesser than, or other anyone like these people, but it's definitely a mindset in that, you know, that this, like, if you don't think that their workplace is the pinnacle, they're not interested. And they can probably, I'm sure, have tons of tactics. And just on paper, uh, they have things that they look out for. And they're like, nope, this person won't think that when they get here, they've made it. So we're not interested. So. Yeah. So for me, getting back well, actually, talking about underqualified, I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but, you know, with underqualified, I really don't hear it a lot based on my experience, although I do find it interesting that a lot of people who are considered qualified are actually underqualified in the same position that you were considered overqualified for. So... I say that in reference to I worked at a place where the person you would con- you would typically consider this person to have not only years of experience but a degree that was on the same level as mine or beyond like a doctorate but from what I gathered it seemed like they had maybe a bachelor's, and they were, you know, at a certain position. It's like, well, wait a minute. I would be considered 
overqualified that had to apply for that position, but they were considered underqualified in my mind, and I would think to a lot of people's minds, but maybe for that company, they they fit just fine. And more and you know what? That's fine for them, but it just shows you that it really boils down to, I think, politics and it's all a social political game. For sure. And I think like, you know, like you said about being underqualified, getting it, yet telling someone that could definitely do that job um, just the same, if not better, that they're overqualified. I think once again, it's to that mentality of they want you to feel like they're cherishing you and they're like the pinnacle. And they know that, or they figure, they don't know, they figure that you aren't a good fit to be, to feel that they're the pinnacle. And you might walk up in their office wanting more than they have to give. Or that they're willing to give. I'll put it that way. I like that one better. So let us know if you have similar experience, different experience. Like I yeah. said, we're talking from the Detroit and Metro Detroit area. This has been our experience. Um, millennial or not, let us know. Um, comment below and share your experience because this is something that we talk about often and we'd love to hear um, what you have to say. Yeah. Feel free to just share anything and yeah, love to hear the experience. I think it's well worth it and help with the conversation. Yeah. I don't have a real quote today. Didn't look anything up, but I think what comes to mind is experience is the best teacher. Yes. So exactly. I think that goes for however you want to apply it in your life. However, in your career, but experience is always the best teacher. And granted that, you know, we were talking about formal education just now um, versus under experienced and whatnot. Um, I think that hands down is going to be the experience is the best teacher. I've experienced a lot by being called overqualified. And that's my experience. And I'm just learning along the way. So, um, now it is time for our song association game. I'm going to start because I feel like you always give the first word. <laughs> so I want to start today. Okay. And the word is quick. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Oh, I can't think One. of anything. Oh. I'm the winner. And did you think of a song with quick in it? Huh? Did you, did you think of a song with quick in it? Yes. What song was that? The quilted quick picker <laughs> up the bounty. bounty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I got a word then. Your word is, I feel like I'm on a game show. Your word is <laughs> super. Yeah, I'm super fly, super duper fly. Uh, uh, uh. I can't stand the rain against my window. 
I, I, I can't stand the rain. Freaky, freaky, freaky. Gets my window. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won. Do you want to do another one? We're getting up there in time. Yeah, sure. We'll do one more. I don't know. I, and if it's a tie, it's a tie. Yeah. Did I do that already? No. Okay, bottle. Start with straight shots and then pop bottles. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Start with straight shots and then pop bottles. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I could have gone with, so crack a bottle, let your body waddle. Don't act like a sloppy model, you just hit the lot out. But you don't get extra points for more songs. Oh, I tried. Okay, um, let's see. We're going to do this again. So your word is easy. Ten. Nine. I'm scared. Eight, seven, six, five, four. I know there's probably ten three, songs with easy in it. Two, one. No. Uh, what is it? Cause I'm easy. Oh my gosh, so stupid. Easy, easy like, like Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. All I could think yeah. of was Easy E for some reason. I'm like, what song do they say Easy E in it? Easy. Easy. Well, you know, Easy does it. Could have went with that or. Anyway. <laughs> Gosh, I suck. In the last one, there was a special comment on our YouTube video. And when, I mean, yeah, our YouTube post, whatever. And it was saying when you said mop, that I should have referenced WAP. Oh. I know. <laughs> I knew it was in there. It's just the pressure. Yeah, I mean, this is what people go through on game shows like on Jeopardy. Gosh, like. I thought I was good at this stuff. Anyway, it's a tie today. And we thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also, like, subscribe, comment, and share with a friend. See ya.